Hello, this is Dr. Shiva. Welcome to our podcast, Get Educated or Be Enslaved. Episode 1390, air date January 19th, 2024. All right, everyone. Good afternoon. This is Dr. Shiva. I'm going to be doing an interview today uh, that's really going to focus on the fact, um, essentially one of the biggest contrasts between me and all these other idiots running for office, and that's what they really are. Unfortunately, I have to use those vulgar words, um, is that my history has been delivering solutions uh, and their history has been actually creating problems or identifying fake problems uh, with fake solutions. Um, but that's what these guys do. They've never, they don't have any history of ever really, really solving problems because they don't care to solve problems. So that's what we're gonna talk about, how I deliver solutions and they create problems. I'm gonna be uh, interviewed by Nicholas here. So that's what we're going to be talk talking about. Before I start, I just want to play a quick intro video, and then I will go right to the interview. So just give us, you know, thirty seconds. Hold on one second. And then we're going to start our uh, interview with him. Nicholas, how are you? Let's go. Nice, nice to about. speak with you. Yep. So, uh, 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 would you define yourself as uh, uh, independent, right? An independent candidate? Um, yeah, I think I define myself with someone who has solutions. All these other candidates have no solutions. So, you can't run within their uh, party systems. And even if you take someone like Booby fucking Kennedy, uh, he's just a fake opposition because he's part of the problem. So I think, Nicholas, if we can really talk about, which I haven't done, is really talk about my history since a child until now, um, is I know how to solve problems, you know, identify real problems and deliver solutions. All of these guys create problems. And if they identify some problem, it's actually a fake problem. They use a reductionist model that can't even see the whole picture. And then they take a little piece of something and then they hype it out and act like they're doing it. But I think the fundamental thing is if you look at any of these people, they're not engineers, they can't build anything, they're not plumbers, they're not electricians, they've never ever in their lives ever fixed anything. And this is what everyone needs to understand. You see, America's system of science, technology, engineering, and math is completely decaying. And these are the foundations of solving problems. All of these people, they're lawyers, philosophers, fake, you know, if you think about it, they're actually um, fake um, people, right? Meaning um, fake individuals who uh, have no history of solving problems. They come from the elites. They come from the swarm. They profit from creating problems, acting like they are some solution, uh, delivering solutions. But everything they do is to enslave people. And I really want to talk about in this interview, which is a point that I want to keep hammering, is it's easy for any idiot to understand that the Bushes and the Clintons and those people are bad. The real wisdom comes in when you see Trump is full of shit. He is part of the swarm. He is an actor. When you realize Tulsi Gabbard is a warmonger, when you realize Booby Kennedy actually wants full vaccination of all Americans, um, his entire life comes from an organized crime family. And these are unfortunate uh, realities that everyone has to face because you're hit with such brainwashing to think these people are 
uh, are solutions providers or not. They're problem creators. And that's what really needs to be understood, Nicholas. So, so I used to be excited by, by Tulsi Gabbard uh, in a 2020 election. It sounded like she was the anti-war candidate, you know, like she was pushing uh, uh, ending the regime change. That was like her motto. And uh, I, I kind of like what uh, Kennedy is saying about, you know, the vaccine and the, the COVID stuff. But what happened on October 7th? Well, I look, mean, well, well, look, know, probably, well, Nicholas, yeah. let's, let's say so the thing is, you said, I like what they're saying. Okay. This is not a way for us to uh, exercise our citizenship, particularly now. It doesn't matter what they say. You have to understand that these people are watching my videos. They watch our movement and they literally have people. I mean, Kennedy literally sends people to spy on us and he's literally taken wholesale sentences and replicated them, okay, word for word. So what you have to understand is these guys have access to CIA type tools to literally observe what messages are hitting. It's advanced public relations tools. And then they they have other people who say them, say this sentence, say this, say this, say this. And this may seem like quite extraordinary that they're doing this, but this is exactly what current marketing and advertising is going on. They literally are using these things. So it doesn't matter what they say. Please, everyone, stop saying, well, they say something good. Well, you really need to go way beyond that. Because if that's what's motivating you, that means you're, you, you're not really a true citizen. You're not using the full capacity of all the gray matter and the wisdom that you have. Because they have learned, they have a whole bunch of people, consultants, who tell them, say this, say this, say this. And I'll tell you why I say this. You know, many years ago, there's a one of my customers was an interesting um, customer called QVC, part of the, you know, like Home Shopping Network. And they have these actors that they have on the camera with a little earpiece. And, you know, they present shopping products. And when certain words that they say start selling it, the producer will say, say that more, say that more, say that more. Many politicians, if you watch them, they'll say a statement. And then they'll watch how the crowd reacts and they repeat that, okay? Nowadays with social media and advanced technology, they're watching literally words, they're running stuff through very powerful um, computers and they're actually getting back like ChatGPT tell them to say this. So for God's sake, please eliminate out of your thinking, oh, they said something great. This is a very, very subhuman way of thinking. So that's the first point I want to make. So let's talk about Tulsi Gabbard. You know, I've been saying forever, she's a warmonger. Look, the other second principle you need to understand, anyone who's on mainstream media, okay? And there's not a lot of them, by the way. When I attack these people, it's like 10 of them. People say, oh, Dr. Shiva, you're attacking everyone. No, I'm attacking 10 bullshitters. There's 8 billion of us. So Tulsi Gabbard is completely created. She's like literally a robot. If you hear her talk and you have any sense of psychology, she doesn't even appear real. Overnight, she's put on all these stations, mainstream media. Why? How does that happen? And you have to understand she is in collusion with the swarm. And then when they create these not so obvious establishment people, what they do is they say, okay, you're shtick. This is your acting script. You're this character. And your job is to act like you're anti-establishment. That's to Tulsi Gabbard. 
to Booby Kennedy, he's supposed to act like he's for medical freedom. When we have the videos where he's saying, I believe in full vaccination of all Americans. All right. People try to hide that. Right. And then you have someone like Trump, whose shtick is, I'm fighting for the white guys. Okay. The white working class, America first. Absolutely bullshit. He's a Zionist hoodlum maximus. All right. Then you have someone like Bernie Sanders. Oh, I'm for the working class. The guy's never worked a day in his life. And you keep going on. These people are theatrical characters. They are created by the swarm. So it doesn't matter what the fuck they say. So please stop saying, I'm not talking about you alone, Nicholas. Oh, they say some good shit. Look at what they did. Let's go back to Tulsi Gabbard. All right. When 9-11 took place, she was all gung-ho to go bomb the shit out of the Iraqis. When October 7th took place, she was all gung-ho to butcher the Palestinians. Okay? Her shtick about being against a military-industrial complex is all that is. That is her shtick. She's a warmonger. She's a lieutenant colonel in the National Guard. She heads up the unit for psychological operations. All right? So this is what you need to understand. You have to go look at the history of these people. You know, on the island of Kauai in Hawaii, the major bioagricultural companies, the bioag companies, have been using Kauai for years as a center for testing, you know, um, you know the big uh, uh, agriculture companies' products, right? GMOs, uh, all sorts of pesticides on that island using the native population. I haven't seen or sponsor one freaking bill for those people. So you got to really look at people's history. Now you look at my history since I was a four-year-old kid and I have to, I realize that I have to share what I've done because I was brought up to be this humble person. It's, it doesn't serve you. I have to tell the truth. My entire life has been fighting, you know, working my butt off, you know, as a scientist, as a technologist, as an engineer, someone who understands mathematics. I solve problems. I can solve very complex problems. You don't get into MIT without that. You don't get four degrees from MIT without that. All right. I've done seven companies where we've solved major problems. That's why where my wealth came from. Their wealth comes from creating problems. So this is a bottom line. Everyone needs to get their head out of their ass and look at what these people actually do. How do they make money? Where did their money come from? It came from typically mama or papa or big trust fund. They never had to do it bottoms up like I've done. My life has been solving problems and delivering solutions. Their lives have been creating problems. Tulsi Gabbard, can you tell me one problem she has solved? Nicholas, can you tell me one problem? Well, uh, I understand that these politicians are talking. No, 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 no. We talked about Tulsi Gabbard because I want to go through yeah. all of them. Can you yeah. tell me one problem that you know she has solved? Well, when she was uh, screaming out, stop the regime change wars, it's what I like to hear, right? I know that you're saying that what they say is not, it's not, it, ha it, it doesn't mean that that's what they're going to do if they get elected. Can you tell me one problem. problem Tulsi Gabbard has solved in her well, life? She, uh, I guess nothing, right? She, she didn't nothing. really- Nothing, and that yeah. is it. If you look at her resume, you will find she solved no problem. She's created problems. And the problem she's created is the illusion that she is a anti-war person, that she's against the military industrial complex. That is that the CIA and the intelligence agencies and the swarm has said, that is what you're going to do. You're going to attract all those young people who are against the war and you're going to say shit. But at the end of the day, when push comes to shove, 
you're going to be all for Zionism going and butchering the Palestinians, or you're going to be for U.S. imperialism going and invading Iraq. That is what she's done. So let's get really clear, because if we're not clear on what these people have done and our thinking is un unclear, we're going to keep thinking this in very erroneous way of thinking. But th there's just one problem is... Uh the way I understand it is that campaigns are a bunch of stuff people say, and once they are elected, they could be doing something completely different. So why would Bobby and Tulsi be all in for Israel publicly? Because that's going to alienate the, the core voters right now as the young people. It's all the people under 45, 35. And all these people are extremely disappointed in the last three months with what they've been well, saying. I don't understand this. Why well, would they let do me, this let me, it's, it's very simple. And listen very carefully. This is what, what happens. Go back to what I'm saying. These people have a shtick. Do you understand what I'm saying? Do you understand what I mean by that, Nicholas? Yeah, it's like a, a shtick is like a, a kind of like a, a trick, like saying stuff, right? No, no a shtick is, imagine I go to you and I say, your job, okay, and I have five people, I'm saying, your job is to act like the person who is um, a really nice person, okay? Your job is to act like the person who's a nerd, okay? Your job is to act like the person who's a sales guy, okay? Your job is to act like you're a chef. You follow what I'm saying? Literally acting jobs. Does that make sense? So they are yeah. literally given a shtick. Her shtick because when they put these actors out there, they're what they're trying to do is you have 300 million Americans. What they're trying to do is they're literally trying to put, if you've ever gone fishing, you put different lures, okay? Different lures attract different kinds of fish. So they put a lure out there saying, okay, Tulsi, your job is to act like you're the anti-war candidate. So all the anti-war liberals on the left or the right are gonna get attracted to you. And then you will actually serve us. You see, they're all ultimately serving the swarm. Bernie Sanders, your shtick is to act like you're for the working people, okay? So he uses all these words, yet he's voted 97% of the time, always with Hillary Clinton. Go look at the data, all right? So that's his shtick. Donald Trump, they found, okay, your job is to act like you're for the white American working class. Drain the swamp, America first, make America great again. They give him a script. And all of these people's job is ultimately to sucker people in back to the establishment. You saw Bernie Sanders do that very effectively. And this is a recurring, a relentless part of what they do. Talked a big game as though he was against Hillary. And at the last minute, he goes, yes, we must vote for Hillary for the lesser of two evils. All right. So this is purely an engineering uh, way that they've done this. It's all engineered. So that's the first thing we need to understand. So. If you look at what's wonderful about the Zionism issue, this is what I love about this issue, is that it is the litmus test that where they cannot bullshit. Because if they don't, see, Zionism is like a very clear line because you have to articulate it publicly. I'm the only candidate, probably in the history of the United States and the, and the modern world, the only presidential candidate, for that matter, the, anyone in Congress who has said, uh, that, you know, I will not suck Zionist cock. Now, that may sound very vulgar, but it is true, okay? And I reflect the sentiments in a very profound way of most people who are realizing that there is an occupation of the United States. It's the occupation by Zionism. So before you can talk about liberating 
Palestine and all the other countries that Zionism occupies, you have to recognize that America has been occupied by Zionism. And it is the defining moment for any politician. They cannot say anything against Israel. They cannot say anything against Zionism. They can talk all this. They can act over here. Oh, I'm anti-war. You know, I'm for the American people. I'm for workers. But the Zionist issue, it's a wonderful issue because it removes their mask and it shows who they really are. You follow what I'm saying? Because yeah, but I, Zionism, I Zionism is a foundation, has become the foundation of the United States. And so it's like saying you don't like baseball and American pie and you don't like the flag. That's what's happened. I hope you understand this, how foundational it is. I understand what you're saying, but uh, when you'd say that, for example, Tulsi Gabbard is doing the shtick, uh, anti-war shtick, what I don't understand is why would she be gung-ho for the Israeli genocide with, with, when this is not going to resonate with, with the potential voters they, they were looking after? I, I really don't get that kind of okay, so marketing. What, what, this is like a mistake for them. No, no Why are they not lying about it? It's not a mistake. They can't lie about it because it's the defining issue. If any one of them said that they're against Zionism, they're done. I don't think you understand this issue is a defining issue. All right. It's like saying you want to, I mean, on an extreme level, oh, I want to lynch all black people. Okay. It's like one of those issues they cannot speak out against because they're all slaves on the Zionist plantation. And more importantly, you're assuming in a very, very, sorry to say that you think she's anti-war. You think Booby Kennedy's for medical freedom. He isn't. That's all a shtick. So when you go to it, this issue of Zionism eliminates their mask. Okay? It forces a removal of their mask. Now, I can play you a video where Booby Kennedy's saying, I'm for full vaccination of all Americans. I vaccinated all my kids. And then he goes on to the shtick in this very duplicitous way. Oh, the CDC is corrupt. When I get into office, I'm going to have this very corrupt organization create safe vaccines. You see, this is like nonsense. So there, it's total manipulation. It's linguistic manipulation. And, it, and the manipulation is occurring to people who actually are either ignorant or want to be manipulated. Or the third is they're looking above, Nicholas, to the solution. Because they themselves, many of these people, have never solved problems. But working people, ordinary people, you know, the people who support our campaign are work, working people. And they see the graph like this. I don't know if you've seen this graph. Have you seen this graph? I'm not sure. Uh, it's hard to see. Okay, well, let me tell you what this graph is. This is, if you can see this graph, this is a curve that starts in 1980 and goes to today. The red line is life expectancy in the United States. And this is life expectancy globally. What that reveals is life expectancy in the United States since 1980 has been going upside down. Okay? It's not just the vaccines. This is the life expectancy. And this is what we have in our flyer. Everyone can go to, you know, shivaforpresident.com, get a bumper sticker, and get this flyer. And why is this important? Because um, I don't know what you do for a living, Nicholas, but I'm an engineer. I've run many, many successful businesses, right? Um, what you learn in engineering or business, there's something called key performance indicators, okay? Um, if you're running a sales team, how do you check their performance, right? How much revenue do they bring in, okay? If you're talking about 
um, IT engineers, right? Or software engineers, you check how many bugs they put into software. You say how many customer complaints. These are called key performance indicators. Well, this key performance indicator right here, again, if you zoom in, is it's showing that the life expectancy is going downward. And this is not because of the left or, or the right. It's not because of Democrat and Republican. It's all of them. It started in 1962 with one of the organized crime family's sons, Kennedy. Kennedy's the one who passed the 1962 Kennedy Vaccination Act, which was based on a very, very rudimentary understanding of the immune system. And then his brother, Ted Kennedy, indemnified all the uh, pharma companies so you can't sue them. It's been the Obama healthcare process. It's been the fact that there's enormous stress to the average American, the income inequality. All these things have led to the destruction of people's physiology. You see, the policies that they've done here has resulted in biological destruction. And you're talking to one of the leading immune guys, immune system people in the world. My PhD is in systems biology, and this is what I do. So the policies that they've passed, Nicholas, have resulted in this. And it's not left or right. And so you have to understand all of these people come from them. They come from above. Trump, Booby, uh, you know, uh, Tulsi, they're all part of families which are interconnected to the swarm. And once you understand that and people start having dignity for themselves and dignity for working people like myself, who actually comes from below, this is a fundamental brainwashing. You have to ask yourself, Nicholas, how is it about 100,000 people are able to control 8 billion people on the planet? How? How is it? Why is it people think Booby Kennedy is going to help them? Why? He's got a history of being an asshole his whole life. Why do they think Trump is going to help them? Why do they think Tulsi Gabbard? The only reason you think that is because you see them on TV. That's it. You see? if And they actively go to make sure that they make invisible a guy like me. Now, the problem is in 2020, you know, we, we reached about a half a billion people. So this is really the thing you have to weigh. Why am I even talking about these fools? The only reason you're talking about them is because they happen to have entered your brain through mainstream media's brainwashing, period. They have no credentials. They have no meritocracy. They haven't done anything. They don't even deserve any of the attention they get. That is That would be true democracy. So you have to understand uh, they don't solve anything. But ultimately, when it comes to the issue of Zionism, they're owned. They completely have to fall in line. And that's why I like the Zionist issue. So in terms of a Zionist issue, how would you solve the war in Gaza? Well, first of all, you have to remember, you have to, the first important thing is, Nicholas, we have to frame the right question, okay? The right question, if you don't frame the right question, you're never going to find the right problem and you're never going to find the right solution. The real question is, if you look at Gaza and you look at Palestine, you have to go, and look, I've been an activist, you know, on this issue of Israel, Zionism for nearly 40 years, okay? And you can go back to 1980s when I first came to Massachusetts, when, if you go look at that time, that's when Ariel Sharon had sent tanks in and he had literally plowed over human beings. So I organized one of the biggest protests here. And what you come to find over this period is that that area, Palestine, 
is of strategic importance. It's a strategic, it's like, you know, an aircraft carrier that they needed. They meaning British imperialism and US imperialism. They needed that, okay? So remember Britain always, you know, seizes control of a situation by creating mayhem and chaos, okay? You can go look at the history they did in Africa or in India. They have people fighting. They always create chaos. And then they come in and to, and they become sort of the controller of that chaos. And then they rape and pillage people. So that's what happened in Palestine. But one must understand that Zionism, you don't have to be Jewish to be a Zionist. They're Muslim Zionists. The Saudi, Saudi Arabian royal family is Zionists, right? They're Christian Zionists, 60, 50 to 60 million in the United States. They're Hindu Zionists. Zionism is here. Judaism is over here. It just so happens some Jews are Zionists. But you have to have this background. And when you understand this background, you'll come to the conclusion that there will be no liberation, no solution in Gaza or Palestine until we end the occupation of Zionism in the United States. So when people keep saying cease fire now, and I've talked about this, it's a bogus slogan. It's a liberal Zionist slogan that has existed for 40 years. In fact, the Zionists love that slogan. The particular word there is now, ceasefire now, which means ceasefire now, but get back to fighting again, okay? So that's obviously a fake solution, totally fake solution, which all of these swarm creatures support because they don't want to talk about the real problem. The real problem is the Zionist occupation of the United States. So now as a engineer, as someone who works with my hands and builds stuff and has to deal with reality, I'm telling you the real problem. Okay, the real problem is Zionist occupation of the United States. Now, once you deal with that problem, then you realize that there's not going to be any, any, any relief of suffering for the Palestinian people or the people in that region without ending the Zionist occupation of the United States. So what's the solution? Number one, we have to cut all military aid to Israel, period. That's where number one starts. Number one, because if you truly care about the United States, there is nothing that the United States working people get from supporting Zionism. Now, there are many, many Jews in Israel who have talked about this, all right? There are Jews in Israel who are anti-Zionist. At least 20 to 30% of Jews in Israel are anti-Zionist. Netanyahu is the most fascist Zionist Nazi individual you can imagine. And the swarm, the elites, want him there. He was anointed to be put there to make sure that aircraft carrier in the Middle East, now known as or Palestine, now knows, quote, unquote, Israel or the occupied territories is maintained. And the swarm through Netanyahu controls U.S. politicians. 90% of the politicians in Congress must do take money from APAC, the biggest Zionist lobby. All right. So you have to look at the money flow. You have to understand that the swarm, this handful of people who control the flow of $600 trillion across the world, they don't give a fuck about the American working people. Donald Trump doesn't give a fuck about the working people. Tulsi Gabbard doesn't. Booby Kennedy doesn't. None of them have really worked in their lives. So once you come to these very fundamental ideas, you realize that the linkage between the people in Gaza and Palestine is directly linked to the American working people understanding this. 
rising up and, you know, shattering the swarm of Zionism right here in the United States. Otherwise, there's not this is not. So I'm, I don't want to tell you I'm going to do this and I'm going to write this peace proposal. It's all bullshit. So uh, what I would like to see uh, and I, 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 something I don't quite understand. Let's say Europe really wants the gas that supposedly is off the coast of Gaza. What is that? Uh, maybe. Yeah, well, uh, it's 200 trillion cubic feet of gas. Yeah. So there's a lot of gas there, right? So And oil. Yeah. And oil and all that yep. stuff. But it's just two million people in Gaza. So just let them live in peace and freedom. And what's gonna hurt? How is it gonna hurt the oligarchs? I don't see the I don't see the point in hurting those people. It doesn't help their their uh, uh, financial objective, you know. So just have one state where everybody can live in peace and have yeah, a secular so, government, so, and then so, uh, pump the oil. Right. Uh, what, so you know? so if you look at it, um, I think what you're trying to do, Nicholas. Um, Again, don't take this wrong, or you're trying to apply a kind-hearted person, which is what you seem you are, to people who are actually psychopaths, okay? And you will never figure these people out. Look, when I lived out in Hollywood, I saw the level of narcissism and, and sociopathy, and you think you can figure this out. Oh, maybe this happened. You will never figure these people out. Just like, you know, the scorpion and the, the frog story, right? You know that story? Do you know what uh, I'm yeah, talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. The frog, you know, is convinced by the scorpion to take him on his back across a river. I mean, I don't want to go through the long story. And in the middle of the river, the scorpion stings the frog. And the frog said, wait a minute, you said you would never do this. And he goes, look, I'm a scorpion. This is what scorpions do. So don't try to figure these people out, okay? I've been around these people, know them, and you will never figure them out. So you are applying your heart, your kindheartedness to people who are pure evil. Okay, they do not work logically. Their goal is to maximize power, profit, and control. Maximize it. Do you understand what I'm saying? They're not interested in having just enough, which is what you're talking about. Oh, there's enough for everyone, right? They're interested in maximization of power, profit, and control. So, okay, if there's 200 trillion, you know, I want 500 trillion. You know, it's like the Bruce Springsteen song, which says, a rich man wants to be a king and a king ain't satisfied till he rules everything. So they're working on a different world. When Israel was formed, the Zionists who formed Israel had this concept of not that piece of land, but they wanted had this concept, go read it originally called Greater Israel, which is occupying much more land, all right? So it's a uh, model of you know uh, occupation, pillaging, raping, doing whatever it takes, expansionism. Now, you can apply the same thing to when the American elites first came here. Why did they kill out all the Indians? Why did they butcher? And some people say there may have been even 100 million Indians, right? Why do they do that? Why do they put them on reservations, right? Why? Can you answer that, Nicholas? You can't because you don't understand that they are about maximizing power, profit, and goal. Uh, uh, you know, power, profit, and control. Oh, it's not only we want this land, we want that land, and we want that, and we want more, okay? So you cannot understand these people because they're operating on a different dimension of existence. More, 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 more for me, more for me, more for me. So yes, you would think logically, yes, let's all work together. Let's create a secular state, right? Where Jews and Palestinians can live together. In fact, you know, two weeks before October 7th, 2023, 
You know, there were protests of a half a million people against Netanyahu, Jewish people, because he is reviled in Israel by his own, by, you know, not his own people, but by Jewish people. But those who, it's not Netanyahu, Britain, right, NATO forces, the few trillionaires who run the world, that is a very important point, that region. Why? Because that region, Nicholas, is one of the most important areas for monitoring the entire, you know, go look at, I mean, just take some time and just look at where that little strip of land is. It's a very strategic importance. And you can never give up that land. You have to have absolute control. Because why? Because that control of that piece of land gives you military, imperial military might. And with imperial military might is why the U.S. can print dollars. Okay? It comes back to the reserve currency of the United States. The dollar is not backed by gold. It's not backed by petroleum. It's backed by military might, by F-15s. Right? It's backed by strategic the many, many military bases the United States has. So, and you have to have iron control of these places. And that's what this is about. And you will have no other politician like me be able to explain this. Because as an engineer, as a guy who solves problems, I see all the interconnectedness. And the people in our movement for truth, freedom, and health get this. This is why we're awakening so many people to understand what a scumbag Trump is, what a bullshitter booby Kennedy is, what a warmonger Tulsi Gabbard is, and all of them, because ultimately they are all supported by the swarm. That's why they get visibility. And their job is to make sure that the reserve currency of the United States status doesn't diminish, right? And in order to do that, the U.S. imperialists must have military might. Does that make sense? Yeah. Uh, but as an engineer and a scientist, uh you should be able to to explain to these people that uh, resources are not finite and there's no need to try to take it all. Like uh, there should be enough for like it's, it seems to be the same problem there is in Ukraine where the Americans just want to take their gas. They just want to take the Russian gas. But the, the U.S. is full of gas. So maybe the Americans should relax a little bit and not try to take everybody's gas and cut off but their it, pipelines and whatever. It's, and not, just it's, like, it's not about gas or resources. That's not what it's about. Let me tell you what it's about. It's about control. All right. Now, if you step, um, did Nicholas, did you see the swarm video I did a couple of months ago? Yeah. Okay. So that swarm video, um, you know, it took me 50 years to do that video in some sense, but I did it in one hour and then we did a 15 minute version. Anyone who hasn't seen it should see shattertheswarm.com. Okay. And I'll put it up here. Shatter the swarm. Uh, because we created a little domain because it's such an educational video. I think got hundreds of millions of people have seen it already all over the world. But the reason I share that is that analysis on that whiteboard in a very pedagogical way, in a very engineering way, in a very accessible way, explains to everyone in the world, how is it that a finite set of people control 8 billion people? And everyone should watch it. Now, a follow-up to that video, and I'll give you some of the elements of it, uh, next episode to that video, um, is going to share, and I think here it is that you're sharing here, the follow-up to that video is going to share with people what is really going on with wars, with pandemics, right? Like, what are they really doing? I can't tell you, um, 
Nicholas, every probably other day, I get an email from somebody, right? Telling me, oh my God, the world is going to, we're going to enter another World War III. We're going to have a cataclysmic depression, right? You probably heard of this, right? I'm sure you get yeah. emails like this, right? And um, when the pandemic took place, I was the first one, really, and you can go look at it, it's out there, to say that this quote unquote pandemic will go down in history uh, as a fear for fear mongering to destroy economies, to push mandated medicine, and to destroy freedom. But see, the word that I used there, Nicholas, was fear mongering, right? If you remember. And that was in March of 2020. And why did I use that word? Because if you take a step back and you understand the swarm are truly one, whether it's Putin and his oligarchs, whether it's Zelensky who's, you know, and his idiots, or it's Trump or it's Biden, or it's the prime minister of Australia or India or Canada, to the outward world, they may show like they have some differences. But let me make it very clear to you, having been around these people on their cell phones, they have speed dials to all of them. Their children go to the same restaurants. Their children's children go to the same equestrian clubs. And you have to really sort of really, it, you may not be able to grasp this, but they really are friends, <laughs> okay? Implicitly and explicitly. So as this set of global swarm, a very finite set of people, you have to step back and you have to ask yourself, do you think they're gonna blow up the world? Do you think they're going to cause cataclysm? No, they're not. But what they will do is they will make you think that they're going to do that. Now, why? They're going to create that fear. Because with every input of fear that they do, and every time that you believe this fear, let it consume you, guess what they're doing? They're going to force you to sell low, and they're going to buy high. That's what's really going on. Follow the money. They're going to force you to sell high and buy low in every country. The, you know, uh, a very interesting guy that I met about 18 years ago when I was uh, traveling for MIT. Um, he was one of the top billionaires in the world. And for some reason, he wanted to share this stuff with me. He said, Shiva, do you know in my world, multi-billionaire, he said, we don't give a fuck about money. Our trade is weapons, drugs, and women. That's what we trade in, weapons, drugs, and women. So if you consider those elites, they want to make sure, Putin wants to make sure his people love him so much, they're absolutely fine with him building more aircraft carriers, more tanks, etc. Same thing in the United States. We want to make Russia the enemy. So everyone says, oh yeah, I'm absolutely fine supporting an $893 trillion budget. All right. So with that, it's a new form of taxation. So the pandemic comes. Oh, my God, I'm absolutely fine giving away my freedom. And think about what occurred during the pandemic. 600 billionaires. Write this number down and you can look it up. Increase their wealth by two point three trillion dollars. Relatively, Elon Musk was a nobody, but he came out the wealthiest guy, 200 billion dollars in wealth. So the pandemic, with all the fear mongering, with all that stuff, increase the wealth of a global set of 600 billionaires by $2.3 trillion. So when you start understanding they're all working together and fear, uncertainty is the way that you fall into their trap and you say, okay, 
okay, ooh, they sound good, they sound good, and that's what's going on. But they're not going to blow up the world because they have too much to lose. But they will make you think they're going to blow up the world. They may even kill a few people and do some skirmishes, okay? Because it's not them they're dying. It's not their sons and daughters. But their goal is to have this perpetual state of fear, fear-mongering. So, I mean, how many friends do you know that, you know, when Black Lives Matter is protesting in New York, they sell their beautiful home in New York, okay, at a low price, and then the price goes up. So the elites know how to manipulate you. So you are giving up your assets, and that's how they're creating wealth. This is the guts of it. And I'll do a diagram on this to explain this, but that's what's going on. So, so when you say uh, uh, these guys like Booby and uh, Tulsi are in the swarm, uh, so you, you're, you're confident they're unsolvageable and that Trump and everything, right? Well, the, the way I'm, I'm thinking is, you know, once you've got a few million, what's the point in having more money? At one point, like, I think the, the, the main concern for some of these guys, let's say Trump, for example, I mean, he should be smart enough to know that he might not live many, many years left. And the only thing he might care about is how people are going to regard him like 50 years later, 100 years later. So shouldn't it be in their interest to try to do something good for the people? Why do they need, why do, they need to work for the swarm? You know, like I, I don't even believe Trump really cares about his children, right? Uh, especially Biden. I, I, I don't get it. Like, why can't they just do good for the people, even if they are from the swarm? Well, let me ask you. Um, I think the recurring assumption that you have here is that these people are like you. Or they're like normal human beings. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, I understand. I mean, they are human, right? So, <laughs> Well, no, there are people who are very different psychologies. Have you met sociopaths? I don't know. I haven't met that. Have you met? Have you met a, a Bobby or Tulsi? Yeah. Uh, have you been able to talk to them? Like uh, ask them something? Uh, try to. What did you? Listen, Nicholas. Listen very carefully, okay? I have been given opportunities to be co-opted by these people because of the background and the achievements that I have. So, if you bring back the video with you, let me just. I think um, we're. I don't want to go around in circles and waste people's time here, but. Your questions are under this presumption that everyone is for, for the good. Everyone has a, uh, uh, a, a altruism, right? So do you understand that your questions are coming from that perspective? I hope you understand that. Yeah. Okay. Now I want you to consider something. I want you to consider there could be a set of people who view the people who are altruistic and kind as actually idiots, all right? And, and I'll tell you, because when I was out in Malibu and a, someone very nice would come up to one of these people and say, oh my God, can I have your autograph? I love you so much, all right? Very kind person. Do you know what these people would say after that person left? You know what they would call them? I don't know. A star fucker. I can give you many, many data points if you want me to get very personal. The point is you are under this false assumption 
that these people care about the people who have good hearts and altruism and work well. They actually think we're stupid and you're stupid, okay? They actually think that you are meant to be taken advantage of and that they are smart because they have learned how to live in these elite circles and it is the same ideology that they possess. That's why they love Zionism or Brahminism or Nazism. The concept that the few people are actually better, Nicholas, and they should rule over others, that they have a certain right, that they have a um, a right to rule others. And the people who actually think these altruistic thoughts and are good are absolutely supposed to be taken advantage of. Do you follow what I'm saying? Now, yeah. this may seem incongruent to you, but think about a set of human beings who actually think like that. And once you can understand that there are people who think like that, okay, then all of this becomes easy to understand. But once you don't think like that, you will always be in this questioning area. Well, well, can't we fix them? Aren't they, you know, can't we have redemption among them? You're going to spend 90% of your life over here when you know what? There's 8 billion people over here. All right. And among them, that's where I come from. People came bottoms up. And my job and my intention is a, since I was four years old was how do we liberate the 8 billion and create these bottoms up movements? I don't give a fuck about Booby fucking Kennedy. He's a prick. I don't give a fuck about Tulsi Gabbard and neither should you. You shouldn't give a fuck about these people and trying to think you're going to somehow figure them out. And you, and this is what happens. They bring good people like you into this world of thinking like that. And you know what happens? A delusion, a misleading of people for a generation. Well, you know, Dr. Shiva, you're saying some very good things, but these are the people who we have to work with. Bullshit. Look what they've delivered. All right. They delivered that. And as our flyer says, we need a systems overhaul. So if you want to live in that world and figure them out, you're going to waste your life. Go for it. You're going to wake up at the age of 80 and say, you know what? Dr. Shiva is absolutely right. What the fuck? The world hasn't changed. They still control. They own more wealth. But you have to get over this assumption that these people are somehow nice people. They're not. They actually believe in their bones, that their families, their bloodlines, their people are better than you. And they work so hard to be in those circles and they will never give that up. So so, uh, so, what's your strategy to win the election? Are, are, are people gonna be able to vote for you in every state? Yeah, so let's talk about that. Um, first of all, uh, first thing people need to understand is that the same people, Nicholas, make sure that the elections are selections. They put like a king, as I mentioned earlier, having many barriers to entry. So if the king is here, he has guards that protect him. Then he has a big wall that protects uh, making sure the peasants don't come over. And then he typically has a big moat, right? With alligators in it. So similarly, the elites never want someone like me who's educated, who's smart, who's intelligent, who's articulate, who can solve problems ever breaching their walls and leading, bringing people in. Does that make sense? They never want yeah. that. So what they do is, first of all, as I as we've talked about, they make sure only their people run for office. Only their people um, are presented to people. So the, 
the four ways that they do this, and there's many more, they have a layered approach to this corruption. First is they decide who is going to get visibility. You follow what I'm saying, Nicholas? Who gets to who who gets to be known by the 300 million people in the United States or the 8 billion people, right? Who gets so you can hack that with the internet and do a lot of videos on the internet. Maybe you can hack that. Let me finish. First, yeah. well, the internet is controlled by the government as my lawsuit exposed, right? And they also can do shadow banning so they can give you the illusion of free speech, but then they contain you in a digital cage. And we can talk more about that. But number one, just get the principles here that they, first of all, control visibility. Okay. Then the second, like, that's like the around the Kings, you know, outside the wall, they control visibility. So you have to break through the visibility to reach people. Then the next thing is in the United States, getting to your ballot question, um, whatever office you're running on, even before people can vote for you, they have to see your name on the ballot. Now in the United States, there's 50 states and every state has a different rule to get on the ballot, Nicholas. Okay. Some of them you have to get electors and you have to get a thousand signatures, nomination petitions. Florida, you have to get 150,000 signatures. Okay. Massachusetts, you have to get 10,000. And then if you have to read all the paperwork, they make it so difficult. You have to have an army of lawyers to even understand the rules. You got it? So 50 states, you may need 20 lawyers per state to understand those rules. So that's called ballot access. All right. Then what they do is if you get the visibility, get the ballot access, now you're a bona fide candidate. Then they make sure you never get on the debate stage, which they have to legally do. Okay. Then if you overcome that and you actually win the election on election night, they know how to manipulate the votes. Now, why do I say this? I've experienced it. So go back to 2017, 18, when I ran for United States Senate. We ran against a woman called Elizabeth Warren. I don't know if you know her, Nicholas, who she is. Yeah. She's the one who claimed to be an Indian, Native American. Okay. So how did we break through the first barrier, which was um, visibility? We came up with a very ingenious slogan, which said only the real Indian can defeat the fake Indian. And it went viral. Okay. Not viral, but we made it go viral, not online, but offline. We created these billboards. We got them everywhere. So we got over the visibility. Then we had to get on the ballot. We needed to collect around 20,000 signatures. They never thought we would do it because they go hire professional signature vendors. They don't even collect the signatures, Nicholas. Well, we had amazing people who did it. We got on the ballot. So we made it. We're about to breach their wall, right? What did they do? They illegally kept me off the debate stage. By the time I went and filed a lawsuit, the debates were over. Okay. Let me go to the second election in U.S. Senate in Massachusetts 2020. We got we raised $2 million. We were everywhere. We got visibility. During COVID, we collected 20,000 signatures. They couldn't even collect signatures, the opposition. They had to go whine to the Secretary of State and lower their signature count. Then I won the election. And then they manipulated the votes. And then I had to go into a federal lawsuit. Now come to the presidential election. We have to get on 50 states. So we have hundreds of thousands of volunteers right now, real volunteers, bottoms up. And everyone listening out there, you better get off your butt. And if you like what I'm saying and who I am and what I stand for, go to Shiva, numeral four president.com and volunteer, volunteer, volunteer. So Nicholas, we've mapped out all the states. Okay. 
Now, the GOP, Trump doesn't have to collect signatures. Did you know that? I didn't know. Biden doesn't have to collect signatures. Why? Think about the insider trading. But I have to mobilize hundreds of thousands of volunteers, bottoms up, to go collect in the, in the snow, in the rain, stand outside a shopping mall and collect signatures. And when my volunteers go collect signatures, which is allowed by the law, they send the police to harass my volunteers. One of my volunteers in Kentucky, very nice guy, a working class electrician, was out on a Sunday. The police came, handcuffed him, put him in the back of a car. One of the nicest people you meet, strip searched him, cavity searched him, and then stole his money. So this Just is what I'm trying to signatures. Yes, and it's legally allowed because they know, holy shit, this guy is known. This guy knows how to get on the ballot. We need to fuck him up and his volunteers early. All right, this is not, so this is why you have to get over the thinking that these people are nice. They're not, they're vicious. And I don't see Booby Kennedy saying, oh my God, this happened to Dr. Shiva. If he were a true man with balls, he would do that. But he's a scumbag of an individual. And this occurred in Kentucky, in, in the state of Ron Paul and Thomas Massey, who claim they're constitutionalists. All right. So will we so we have, you know, we're working very hard to get on the ballot. I've done it in Massachusetts. So everyone out there, if you want to be a real citizen and you want to exercise your citizenship, you know, I was just in the gym, you know, lifting my weights that I enjoy doing, you're exercising your muscles. But if you want to exercise your citizenship, join our campaign. Go hand out a flyer. Let's not have theoretical discussions. You go hand out a flyer and you have to meet someone and you're alone. You become a citizen. You go try to collect signatures and you have to face the police for no reason. So this is the ground reality of when working people like me, bottoms up, try to do the honest thing, we have to face multiple challenges. They don't, Nicholas. Everything is given to them. They're all cheaters. Cheaters, cheaters, cheaters. So so what are the deadlines? Uh, how soon do you need to get all these signatures? Yeah, and, uh, so they vary. So they vary. Different states, again, you would think they would make it uniform, right? There is no uniformity. You have to have a big spreadsheet. We have to create systems. We have to watch deadlines every day across 50 states. And we're all volunteers. Booby Kennedy goes and begs to his Zionist hoodlum friends, oh, I can't get on the ballot. Give me $15 million. And they give him $15 million. And you know what he does with that money? He goes and hires professional signature vendors, which should be made illegal. So he doesn't have volunteers. He's a bullshitter. Okay? We actually have volunteers. We're the real campaign. He's a fake campaign, acting like he's anti-establishment. So to everyone listening out there, if you truly want to support someone of us, you got someone right here who fights and has a history of fighting and a history of delivering solutions. Go to Shiva for president. You can do a couple of things. Then go get a bumper sticker. Now, why do I say this? You put one of these bumper stickers up and you should get one, Nicholas, on the back windshield of your car. A hundred thousand people see it. This is how you overcome visibility. Okay. And they can't shadow ban this. You go to Shiva for president. You get a flyer. You become an activist. You educate people what's going on. You know, that 
the left and the right, Republican, Democrat, Booby, and all of them have been involved in destroying your lifespan. They understand what the swarm is. And then come to our open houses. We do an open house every Thursdays. We have hundreds and thousands of people, tens of thousands of people who've shown up to our open houses. And we give the solution. We do it every Thursday at 11 a.m. and 8 p.m. for healthcare, for economy. We teach people what they can do now. Okay? We're not waiting to become president. All right? So that's two things people can do. The other thing is people need to understand the manipulation. Shatter the Swarm video. Go to truthfreedomhealth.com and I'll play a video um, and you can get it off there if you go to Truth From Health. Why this is important. We need to train people to understand the system's dynamics. So people, and you should get involved in this, Nicholas, so we don't have these illusions. We really understand the history of political movements. We understand where real change comes from. And that's Truth, Freedom, Health, right? So that's what we're doing. Ours is a movement. So the election is in 10 months. It's quite soon, right? Uh, aren't there already some deadlines that are just about to already happen or happening for some states? Yeah, the first are deadline is for uh, Utah, which is March, and then Idaho, okay? So those okay. are the two first deadlines, and you need about 1,000 signatures per state. Okay, so you'll, you'll get there, right? Sure. You'll get to every state, and then... Uh, well, we have to... Remember, we're not, like Booby, getting signature vendors. Let me repeat this. Do you understand the cheating he does? He goes to his Zionist friends. They give him 15 million. You have to get 1.5 million signatures. You know what he's doing? Paying off a company, like Office Depot or something, to just uh, go and uh, get yeah. people to sign. And, and it's very interesting. This guy, Vivek the Snake Ramaswamy, they found out that he had signatures on his nomination papers that were dead people. So these politicians pay a consulting and then when they collect dead signatures and I'm convinced because when I've been collecting signatures, Nicholas, I've never seen anyone collect. I'm convinced they literally have a boiler room where they have people writing the signatures. They're all corrupt. And then the politician like Booby can say if some of the signatures are bad, oh, I didn't do it. They did it. He can have, he can, in, he's indemnified. It's a racket. We are actually out there collecting signatures. Do you understand what I'm saying? I understand. So are no, you no, going to no, go and no, challenge? No, I, I don't think you understand how much effort it takes. You have, you're out in the freezing cold weather and a hundred people walk by and you'll get one signature. Okay. It's a tremendous amount of dedication. These people don't do that. Just like they don't even pass their exams in law school. They, they, Trump gets out of a deferment. They're all fucking cheaters. And you should get you very angry. I would think everybody should sign. Like it's, it should be only positive to have more choices on the ballot. They're just signing that you should be on the ballot. They're not saying they will vote for you. So everybody should be exactly. like, of course I want more candidates. Look, look, do this exercise. Come to our next campaign meeting this Saturday. Where do you live, Nicholas? What part of the country? Yeah, so I, I was in uh, Las Vegas last week, but uh, you know, I'm actually in Switzerland right now. Okay. Uh, there's the so, World Economic yeah. Forum nearby. Yeah, but if you go to Las Vegas, your home, go get a signature sheet, okay? Go to your local Whole Foods and stand outside and see how many signatures you'll collect. Yeah, it's, it sounds very difficult. So are you gonna challenge all these other candidates uh, to debate? Like, couldn't you just challenge them right now and say, I, I have want to debate this guy, this guy. I, I have challenged them. They won't come to debate me. All of their debates are controlled. They won't debate me, they'll be destroyed. 
So if, if I may just ask a couple, just a couple questions about- Why don't you uh, ask them? Nicholas, you should call them up and say, I want to run a debate. I want to have Dr. Shiva's willing to come. Will you come? See what they say. Okay, okay. let's try. So how about uh, uh, migration is a big topic. People are talking about migration. Yeah. And I've seen those videos. Uh, there's a guy called Bolden Bankrupt. He, he followed the guys all the way from uh, uh, Venezuela, all the way through the, 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 the jungle, all the way up. It's like a horrible experience all these migrants are experiencing. What's your, what's your policy on migrants? Because the way I see it, is they are a cause of a failure of US policy, foreign policy, the regime change wars, the wars for oil, the sanctions, the sanctions on Russia, all that has caused millions and millions of migrants and extreme poverty around the world. So you cannot just say, let's let's build a wall and let's block people. It's actually, maybe you should resolve the problem you have caused first, right? Yeah, so that's so we're talking about, you know, the fact I deliver solutions, they create problems. You're talking uh, my language here, okay? If you look at the immigration issue, let's be very clear that they, again, create a fake problem and uh, uh, they uh, have no solutions, okay? And they don't even want to solve it. So when every election cycle, you've seen immigration is the problem, the left wing will say this, and then the right wing will say, we must keep these brown people out of our country, right? these criminals, whatever it is, right? So they make it an election issue, like abortion. They have like five issues. And then they get people fighting on each other. So they take the working people of this country and 50% are here, 50% here. People are divided. That's why they do this. They have no interest in solving the quote unquote immigration issue. What is the immigration issue? First of all, America is built by immigrants. There would be no fucking America if there wasn't immigrants. 99% of the America's immigrants, right? The pilgrims were immigrants, okay? All right? Um, and it is what the greatness of America comes by the fact that people of all colors, all races, all religions want to come here. This country is created by immigrants. So number one, when you talk about the immigrant problem, that's not an immigrant problem. What there is, there's a problem of the swarm, the elites who have created the quote-unquote their fake problem by precisely what you said, by the massive, brutal exploitation and supporting dictators in other countries. From Mayende, right? Samosa in Nicaragua. You can go down the list, right? Batista, right? All these people. So US imperialism has supported these really, really dictatorial, brutal regimes who served imperial interest to subjugate their people where people are, you know, in uh, the Congo, people get paid $1 per day to get, you know, uh, to create those lithium batteries, right? And it's been going on. So it is U.S. imperialism, the swarm, who has created these conditions. I mean, why did my parents, I mean, you're, you're talking to a, a son of immigrants. Why did my parents have to leave India? Think about it. Super smart people who came from nothing, non-Brahmins, who got subjugated in India itself. Well, the reason they came is because of the subjugation in India. Then they came because of the lack of opportunities in India, which again, got created through colonialism, right? 300 years of British colonial suppression of the Indian people. So that's why they came, right? So 
it's unfortunate that immigrants have to leave their countries, which they actually love to come to America. But the reason they come here is because of the incredible amount of subjugation that took place in those countries, not because of the American working people doing it, but a few set of imperial interests. So that's the first thing people need to understand. And then you have to understand why US imperialism keeps doing that. It keeps doing that because the elites in this country need cheap labor, okay? When my dad first came here, Nicholas, he's an amazing chemical engineer. He got paid one third of his you know, American counterpart, one third, doing the exact same work, all right? So US imperialism, the left and the right, Republican, Democrat, will talk as though they're against quote unquote illegal immigration, but they want it because the conditions that they've done in the United States is there's a lot of people who do not want to work. So you go try to get a handyman, you go try to get a landscaper, you won't find local Americans wanting to do that work anymore. It's very difficult. And they want the cheap labor, they want to suppress wages. So on the one hand, they subjugate other countries, they want to suppress the advancement of the American working class from really you know, rising to the occasion, they want to put people on UBI and all this, and they need quote unquote illegal immigration. They don't want to solve this. There's not a problem to be solved. If they really wanted to solve the problem, to your point, we would stop the exploitation and the support of dictators all over the world. And the sanctions and the regime change wars and the COVID policies that shut down the world economy and just bankrupted yeah. and billions to, of people. And to that point, Booby Kennedy will say, we want to stop regime change wars. Fucking piece of shit. He supported Hillary Clinton. He endorsed her three times. She's the one who butchered Gaddafi, okay? She did regime change wars in Ukraine, everywhere she went. So don't listen to what they say. Listen to what they did. He endorsed Hillary Clinton not once, not twice, three times. You're talking about mis-regime change war. Is there also something to be said about the population collapse that maybe it's in the interest actually of countries in the West to import as many people as possible because the population is collapsing. There's not enough children. So we need to have people here working to uh, pay taxes and uh, yeah, definitely. help people. Definitely. Like, you know, when I was in Italy recently, you know, people are saying that the population is collapsing. So they realize the only solution is to import people. So, yeah. So you have to understand there's the real problem and the real solution. They create fake problems and fake solutions. Their solutions, their problems are to have us fighting against each other, right? The immigrant fighting against the local person, right? Black versus white, you know, Christian versus Muslim and so on. They do not want to, there is an us versus them. There's working people like me against scumbags like Booby Kennedy, Trump, golden plated toilet seats. There is an us versus them. The 8 billion of us versus the 0.0001% who manipulate us. Uh, and uh, how do we make sure this uh, this nonsense COVID policies never happen again? Because uh, it's 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 been uh, damaging the world economy. It's still dam uh, it destroyed millions of small businesses. Right, but it helped them. You we have to see it's us versus them, Nicholas. The top four pharmaceutical companies, which were going down in revenue, went up in revenue. That was Trump. Okay, Trump did that. Operation Warp Speed. So they profited. So when we say, well, you know, the world did bad, we did bad. 
They did well, Nicholas. You follow what I'm saying? Yeah. So we have to separate. There is an us versus them, right? 600 billionaires. Elon Musk did very well. He loved COVID. Jeff Bezos loved COVID, okay? The elites made out like bandits. So we have to understand when we say we, there's us and there's them, okay? We have to separate that. So they have an interest in continuing those kind of fear-mongering, right? So they want fear-mongering. They want uncertainty. They'll create these wars and skirmishes. Oh, my God, what's going to happen? Are we going to have a World War III? I'm going to move. I'm going to sell my beautiful home you know, for nothing. And I'm going to move to some place out there. This is all nuts. So you're going to stop that, right? You're going to give power to the physicians, to the to the medical people, instead of giving power to some corrupt politicians? Well, I already did that. Look at my history of solutions in 2020. What did I do, Nicholas? Do you remember what I did? Uh, you said people have to strengthen their immunity, right? What did I do? I did many things. You're looking at, at a biological engineer who understands the immune system has been studying it. What did I do in March of 2020? I educated, in fact, starting in 2019, when the vaccine mandates were coming, I educated millions, hundreds of millions of people on what is the immune system to think beyond the dialectic. I said, this is beyond vax and anti-vax. And you can go find my videos in 2019. So I said, it's not about vax and anti-vax. This is about you taking care of your immune system. Then when this quote unquote pandemic hit, I was the one who gave people the protocol of vitamin D3, quercetin, zinc, and iodine. Zelenko stole my shit and he bottled it and he tries to make money. I give it away for free. I helped hundreds of millions of people save their lives. That was a solution. I was the one who organized a fire Fauci campaign to say this guy's full of shit. We delivered, you know, nearly 150,000 signatures to Trump, drove our bus, and we gave Trump that protocol. Okay. He did nothing. So I delivered solutions in the heat of the pandemic. Booby Kennedy didn't do shit against Fauci. He waited a year and a half, plagiarized my material, and writes a book called The Real Anthony Fauci to get money for his foundation. That's what he did. So you have to look at what people did at the right time. So I've already shown myself what I will do, what I did, not just saying I will do this. I've done it already, Nicholas. The solution I've offered is help people over 100 lifetimes. So I don't need to say I'm going to do this. I've walked the walk. I've done it. So uh, maybe I'm a little bit of a weird guy, but one of the, the, the most important things I hope a U.S. president will announce is a mission to Mars. Uh, are you on board for uh, redirecting the funds of the military industrial complex towards space? Instead of building missiles to attack Russia and attack China and Iran, Maybe they can build rockets to go to space. You know, it's the same companies as the Northrop Grumman, the Lockheed Martin, all these kind of companies. If you can just redirect the focus and say, build a base on the moon, build a base on Mars, it will actually help bring peace on Earth. Do you agree? Well, again, you're basing this assumption on you're going to go. See, you have this sort of, you know, frankly, a naive concept that you're going to go convince Northrop Grumman to do something of value to humanity that you're gonna go convince Booby Kennedy not to be a prick and a not so obvious establishment devil. That you're gonna convince Trump to do that. So I would entertain you to come to our next open house, Nicholas, to understand why that is never going to happen. That solution will never happen. The only solution that will get us even to these ideas of really doing, I mean, look, with all the wealth that humans have created, we should have 
wormholes going to other worlds right now. You see, we should already be in other, you know, systems, right? But the elites have no interest in this. They have no interest in advancing humanity. They have an interest in, in again, maximizing power, profit, control. The only way that humanity is going to advance in any significant way, you know, you know, there's a book I have called System and Revolution. We need to face transition. We need a revolution. And that revolution is going to occur when enough people understand the system's dynamics of how the elites control you. But without that knowledge and people learning how to think, they're going to have these illusions that, oh, you know, I think Tulsi's a nice person. She said some nice things. I'm going to spend 20 years trying to convince her. No, these people need to be shattered. Okay. And in order to do that, how do you do that? Then we have to study history. We understand how we have to build a movement. And there's a physics to building a movement. And that's where we're at. You know, the only force that's going to get to the solutions you're talking about is our movement, Truth, Freedom, Health, and is my run for presidency, period. If there was someone else doing this, I wouldn't be doing this, man. But I know that my entire life has been spent in figuring out the solutions. And the solution so, is Truth, Freedom, Health. So let's say you become president. How are you going to deal with the corrupt Congress? Because you need them, right? And uh, how, how are you going to get them on board with uh, the revolution? We're not going to get them on board. They all need to be gotten rid of, okay? Look, if my becoming president, Nicholas, you will understand, will be a revolutionary event. Would you not agree? Yeah. It will not just be becoming president. You'll have to have the force of all of these people behind you. Now, with that force of all of those people, I would be um, selling out if I told people that I was going to work with Congress, they're all corrupt. What would I do as my first day in president? You know what I would do, Nicholas? I would do a video like this with you or somebody else, okay? In the White House. I'm not gonna do anything different because I know my limitations. The reality is I may be able to catalyze and inspire people and I have the science and you know the movement and truth, freedom and health and all those things. But ultimately my job in occupying the White House, which, which is what it would be, it would be an occupation of the White House, would be to use that bully pulpit to do videos like this and continue. I wouldn't do anything different because the Congress is corrupt, the executive branch is corrupt, the judiciary is corrupt. My job would be if we mobilize that many people to get elected, we need to go all the way, man. We need to mobilize the will of the people to get further educated so they, you know, um, shatter the swarm in all their local elections, et cetera. This is about a movement. And so the best thing I could do would be to continue doing the work I'm doing here, but using the prestige of the White House and the presidency. You can't work with these people. They're all corrupt. Come on. Uh, are you going to use some kind of participatory democracy and get all the geniuses yeah. in the country yeah. to help you to get the right solutions? Well, we're already doing that. You know, we're going to start announcing members of our cabinet shortly. Okay. But look, there are a lot of smart people and they, not all of them, you know, come out of places like MIT or Harvard or those kind of places. In fact, most of the scumbags in the world come out of Harvard and Yale in particular. Okay. But there are a lot of great people that can be mobilized. There's already many solutions. I mean, you know this, Nicholas, there are many solutions to many of these problems, but they don't get deployed because of the monetary interests, right? The financial interests. 
we, it's not like we have to create more solutions. They're already there. The issue is, will they reach the light of day? And someone like me will make that happen with the force of a movement. But without a movement, you can't do anything. Uh, once you're president, you do have a control over all the agencies, right? You could uh, uh, buy a change. Well, the, the president of the United States is a commander in chief, right? Um, it's the enforcement division of the United States. But more importantly, all of those agencies are corrupt. The issue is there may be some good people, but the most important thing, Nicholas, is a force of the American people. Okay. That's what this is about. You know, the people that come to us are very, very self-reflective. They come from all different backgrounds. 60% um, of our movement is women, believe it or not. Okay. Women have to solve multiple problems, right? They have to take care of the home. They have to do this. They're system scientists by nature, but you know, our movement brings together people who have had to overcome Tulsi Gabbard and see the bullshit, overcome Bernie Sanders and see his bullshit, overcome booby fucking Kennedy, overcome Trump. So the people that come to our movement are amazing people. And then we have a community, you see? So we already have that group of people. It's not like we, we're not lacking in talent. The issue is to grow our movement, right? To bring more leaders in. So if you want to do that, go to truthfreedomhealth.com, learn how to become a warrior scholar, come to our open houses. Every Thursday, we do our open house. So we've created all these vehicles. Every Saturdays, we do our Shiva for President volunteer meeting. Go to Shiva for President and sign up to come to our town hall. We've created almost a university, a community, a movement. So no one can say, well, I don't know what to do. No, we exist. You don't have to feel lonely. You can be part of this. Uh, so uh, uh, one other thing. Uh, I have a couple of minutes left. Nick. Ah, sorry, sorry. Yeah. Last, last couple of minutes. Uh, if you can say it very shortly. Uh, this this guy in Argentina, what's your opinion about Millet? Where do, what do you think about him? I mean, what, what's the first thing he did? He started waving the Zionist flag on day one. And then you read his speech he gave at the UN. It's nonsense. He's saying collectivism, you know, you know is against free market capitalism. Let's be clear. The bourgeoisie are the most collectivist, okay? It's socialism for them, right? And, and they don't even practice free market economies. So he's a fucking idiot, okay? He's a bullshitter. And you have to remember that he didn't get into power on his own. He was given visibility, he was supported. But the first thing he did when he got into power was wave the flag of Zionism. And hug Zelensky. And hug Zelensky, okay? And adopt the U.S. dollar as their currency or something. And, yes, because that was what he needs to do to serve his Zionist masters, okay? The bottom line is he's, he's a bullshitter. Go look at his U.N. speech. And the other idiot, Elon Musk, a dope, says, oh, my God, this is such a wonderful speech. Well, that fool made all of his money on the pandemic, okay? So you have to understand these are a set of finite set of elites who are all kissing each other's ass and creating this fake narrative. They don't practice free market capitalism. Let's really practice it. Let's truly practice it. They don't. They practice what we would call state capitalism. That's what they do, right? And then they don't want us collectively organizing because they are collectively organized, all right? They, don't, they want collectivism for them, but not collectivism for us. So I say fuck you to him.
And same thing for all the EU leaders, right, in Europe. Uh, but, I mean, the time's up, but I'm sure you could say a bunch of stuff about uh, von der Leyen, Macron, oh, uh, right. Schultz. Yeah. All these guys are so disappointing. And so, like, uh, it, it seems in lockstep. They're all doing the same bullshit, and I don't get it. There's not even one good leader out there. I don't get it. There are good leaders. You're looking at one of them right here. Come to our movement. Okay, you'll see amazing leaders that we are grooming and we're putting out there amazing people who work for a full time and then they also lead how do you think we built our movement over the last I and mean, we have close to half a million people you know in truth freedom health we have half a billion people who know about us and we are actively supporting people's growth through meritocracy if you want to see leaders come to our open house at truthfreedomhealth.com you'll see incredible leaders electricians hairdressers you know um you know uh, surgeons from all different backgrounds. All right. So thank, thank you so much for the, this interview. And uh, I wish you a great uh, uh, political campaign. Yeah, thank you, Nicholas. Thanks for your kindness and thanks for your good questions. And best to you and your family and be well. All right, everyone. Um, that was uh, Nicholas who we did that interview with. Before I go... I want to just emphasize a couple of things to everyone. Number one, go to shiva4president.com and go there and get one of these bumper stickers. It's nothing, five bucks, okay? Never asked. I don't notice throughout that interview, I didn't ask for any money, but this is for you. Put this on the back of your car, on the back windshield, and don't just get it and leave it. Paste it on there. Send me a picture uh, of you doing it, and we'll let it, share it with everyone else. Number one, do that. Because when you do this, 100,000 other people see it. And when you put this around, you drive it around, all those GOP and those swarm people are like, fuck, this guy's getting another bumper sticker elsewhere. And it's a big, if you want to just say a big fuck you to them, that's a good way to say it. Go to Shiva for President in the free download section. You must get this flyer. Go watch the swarm video. Come to our open house that we do every Thursdays, okay? It's for you. Every Thursdays at 11 a.m. and 8 p.m., you will meet incredible people. You won't feel lonely. You'll feel part of a community. We'll give you stuff to do. We'll force you to do stuff to grow you, okay? You will get inspired. We'll flex your muscles, your muscles uh, uh, for citizenship. And then go to truthfreedomhealth.com. Everything I've shared with Nicholas, a very nice guy, but he's a little bit naive, okay? He thinks all these fucking people are like nice people, but they got, they went Ari. No, they're not nice people. They're done. It's like, they're part of the swarm. They know their roles. They're never going to do anything for you and I. And if he went to truthfreedomhealth.com, he would really understand this. So as a part of that, I, I want to play this video. And I want you to listen to this carefully. If you've heard it before, um, you will really start valuing what this movement's about. But before I go there, um, actually, let me play that. So here we go. Go to truthfreedomhealth.com, but listen to this video and I'll be right back. We have allowed our country to be taken over from within. And the end goal is you will have a homogenized world where we will become slaves because there is a condition among the elites that really thinks they're better than you deep down inside them that you don't deserve the freedoms you have. They don't. This reality is what people need to wake up to. And we need to all unite working people. There's only one movement that can do that. And that is the movement that we started creating here in Massachusetts, the movement for truth, freedom, and health. Look, I've been a student of politics since I was a four-year-old kid. 
studying revolutionary movements, left wing, right wing. There's a physics, there's a nuclear science to destroying the establishment. To build a bridge, you need to understand Newton's equation. You need to understand the laws of gravity. You need to understand Poisson's ratio. There is a way to build a revolution. And that's why I put this together. My goal is to train a army of truth, freedom, and health leaders. We don't need followers like social media. We need leaders, but they need training because the educational system does not teach them history, nothing. So in three hours, that's what I've started doing. That's the solution. Wow. We got to train people first with understanding what a system is, the dynamics of all systems that affect nature. The second is understanding the interconnection between truth, freedom, and health. Freedom is the ability to move freely, communicate freely, talk freely. Without freedom, you cannot convert ideas hypothesis into truth, which is science. And without freedom, you can't really get to truth. And without truth, you make up fake problems and fake solutions, which means you destroy our health. And without health, which is the infrastructure of us and our body, you can't fight for freedom. Truth, freedom, health. Third concept is it has to be bottoms up. Working people, people who work uniting. And what the right wing has done is whenever you say working people unite, that must be communist. Meanwhile, they've let the Democrats run unions, which suppress workers, completely corrupt. But when you look at the arc of American history, it's been when working people came up. We need to go local. Every solution I'm coming up with as a part of this movement, we're giving the science, which is the truth, and then we tell people what they can do on the ground. Like with election fraud, you don't need to wait for some lawyer. Our goal is to train people to go local, to go local, to go local, fight locally. Forget lawyers, forget politicians, Forget celebrities, you've got to learn politics, and there is a science to it. They lock us down, we should be ready to shut them down. And the fourth part of this principle is the not-so-obvious establishment. So when you look at a system, there's always something that disturbs you from getting to your goal. Well, the biggest disturbance is the not-so-obvious establishment, which are those people who claim they're for you, on the left and the right, the Al Sharptons who tell black people I'm for you, the Tucker Carlsons. Do you think any true anti-establishment person will ever be on Fox or CNN? I don't think so. They both mislead working people back into the establishment. Without this solid understanding of political physics and theory, you're screwed. You're going to follow on the left wing, Bernie Sanders, oh, he said something, or Robert Kennedy, scumbags. Or you're going to follow some right wing talk show host. They're not going to lead us to liberation. It's us. We're building a bottoms up movement. And that political physics, it's a nuclear science of change bottoms up. We have to organize to understand that there is people who talk a good game and then look at what they actually do, left and right. I'm sorry, Sean Hannity may say some good things, but I don't see the urgency in his voice to get something done. And it can only come when you weaponize yourself with the right knowledge. You need to be able to identify a rat. You know, Christ didn't go after the Romans, right? It was the Pharisees and the Sadducees who screwed him up. His own quote-unquote people. And that's where we're at. So these four concepts I've built into a curriculum where people can go to truthfreedomhealth.com and it's an educational program. We need to train people in political theory. You need to have physics and I've created that curriculum. People need to get educated. We need to get educated fast and within a half an hour, an hour, I can teach people two years of MIT control systems. I teach people those concepts. Then I apply it. Anyone can understand it. And then you say, oh, I got to build a bottoms up movement. They have to get politically astute, and then they have to go locally and act, not sit there on social media. They have to act locally, defy locally, do civil obedience locally, but with knowledge on how to build a movement. And the Senate campaigns expanded to the movement for truth, freedom, and health, and they can find it on truthfreedomhealth.com so people can sign in, they can get access to a bunch of videos. 
If they want to take a course and become a Truth, Freedom, Health leader, I offer a full scholarship there. But we want people to make a commitment that they'll study, that they'll get certified, that they'll go do activities on the ground. So go to truthfreedomhealth.com. Right, everyone. I hope that was valuable. So again, get involved. Um, Truth, Freedom, Health, you know, is really a framework that allows you to get educated, um, you know, and get out of this enslavement. Uh, and our campaign gives you a very powerful way to take stuff practically here in the United States. But this movement's a global movement to people around the world. You can also go and get this thing, Shatter the Swarm. And, you know, millions of these are getting out there. So uh, get involved. You're part of something that's completely different, that's not part of this nonsense, and it's real. And remember, my history has been about delivering solutions while they create problems. And I'll talk more about that. These guys create problems, fake problems, fake solutions. They have no interest in helping us. So I wish you well. Uh, be well, be the light. And um, let me do a quick outro. Thank you. We need to build a bottoms up movement. Go to shivaforpresident.com and volunteer. Be well.